So what do Joe Rogan and the Pope have in common? Well, stick around and find out. Thank you for checking out the podcast. This is Right All Week. I am Dave, and if you would like to engage on any of the social media networks, including the new emerging networks, the username is at Right All Week. You can also send an email to rightallweek at gmail.com. And however you found the podcast, video, audio, do please help with some engagement. Comments, likes, follows, sharing, all of this helps give a boost to the algorithms which are already programmed against us. Do please help us gather some people together as we coalesce around these ideas and, of course, help reach some new minds who could be changed. I thank you for that. So today, Joe Rogan and the Pope, they have both missed the mark. And by doing so, they have actually contributed to the larger issue that is anti-free speech, pro-communist style censorship, and of course, the big tech censorship that is uh, pressing us all. So, Joe Rogan first. Let's look at that. You've probably heard the story, okay? This guy is, uh, he's being confronted by numerous other celebrities who seem to believe that their relevance is enough that they should be able to strong-arm Spotify into doing something that Spotify obviously isn't really interested in doing right now. Keep in mind, we're talking about the biggest podcast currently available that I know of, right? And they made a big deal to get Joe Rogan there. It was uh, millions of dollars, and they put him on a premiere platform. The guy's got video on Spotify. It was like a whole new launch. It was kind of, it was important to them, to Spotify, to get Joe Rogan and his podcast over there. Who would have thought that the guy with the most dramatic responses to UFC fights and uh, and uh, his stand-up career post-sitcom, you know, that this would be the guy who would have the big podcast. And how does he do it? He just sits down and talks to people. He's like, I just want to have conversations. They're unpolished. They're unproduced. They're unedited. They're not scripted or planned or just sit down and talk. And that ends up becoming kind of a big deal. So I want to talk about it now because he comes out, he has a video, he's responding, and he's trying to... It seems like he's trying to find a way to make everybody happy, and you just can't do that, all right? He actually apologizes. He says, if you like my content, all right, awesome, I appreciate you. If you don't like it, I'm sorry. Well, why are you sorry, okay? Because do you believe that you're doing something wrong when you're making these podcasts? Because it doesn't seem that he does. He doesn't think he's doing anything wrong. So what are you apologizing for? It's not your fault if somebody who listens to the product that you produce in good faith has decided that they just don't like your product. It's not your fault that they just don't like it, okay? Ice cream companies are not out there apologizing to people who prefer vanilla to chocolate. I'm sorry you don't like the chocolate. That makes absolutely no sense. If their preference is that they don't want what you make, it's not your fault. You should not be apologizing. But also consider the fact that how this typically goes down. When the left starts pressuring people for apologies, have they ever been satisfied when somebody said, oh, you know what? I'm sorry about that. And then, of course, they all just went home and found somebody else to pick on, right? No, I am not familiar with that story. If that story exists, I would love for you to share it with me. But currently, I'm not familiar with any such story like that. Typically, you apologize and they come back even harder. And I would not be surprised if that's what happens here. But then he said something else that I found troubling. He says that apparently he believes he should be more responsible and he should be providing more balance to his podcast, that he needs to find a way to make sure that all viewpoints are represented equally. Well, that's pretty much impossible. And that's why I'm saying he seems to think that somehow he should be responsible for making everybody happy. You cannot do that. And even if you do sit here and try to find a way to provide that balance, there's going to be somebody out there who's going to look at it and say, well, you know, I really feel like it's a 51-49 and I'm the 49 and you still owe me more. 
It's not good enough, Joe. That's where I think that's going to go. It's just not good enough. But let's consider the fact here. And this is something I used to say about Fox. When Fox wanted to be fair and balanced. Oh, we got to have the views. We got to have both sides of each issue. I'm like, but why? Is there a shortage of voices out there speaking out in support of the narrative? Uh, I'm not familiar with that. Actually, it seems to be quite the opposite. So you really could do something kind of like I'm making right here. 100% counter narrative. And that actually helps to bring more balance than somebody who seems to think that they need to have equal representation on one program because it's never going to happen, first of all. And as long as you're doing it and the other guys are making 100% leftist commentary and their typical narrative, then the balance will never be achieved. So that's the reality of the situation there. I believe that Joe Rogan's days on Spotify are numbered because, again, they don't typically just back off and let it go, especially after you come out and apologize and say that, yes, you do feel responsible. I don't think it's going to work out in his favor. We will see. But they're also picking on him because they're suggesting that people are looking at this podcast and believing in him as some sort of arbiter of truth, which, of course, he would never claim that position. But that is what they are trying to accuse him of. That's what they're accusing his followers of. And that is an interesting way in which it ties in to what's going on with the Pope, who was also seen as somebody who was an arbiter of truth, who's responsible, who people look to and say, what he says, we will follow. And he's coming out now saying he believes that there should be more censorship, more uh, people addressing misinformation. Wow, that's kind of amazing. We've never heard a Pope talk like that before. And you certainly didn't come out on the side of truth and say we need to control the flow of information with respect to things like marriage or abortion, right? I mean, that would have made way more sense. Why did you wait now and say that the thing that we need to make sure we're standing up for the, on the side of truth is the COVID narrative? Oh, let's never mind the fact that actually the church had an official position and the church had provided the official definition of what marriage is for centuries. And no, we didn't come out there and try to handle any of their rhetoric when they're like, well, it's really just all about happiness and love. And why should we stand in the way of love? Okay, they were full of love. Lies, and actually the pop the public, the population was really standing in opposition to those lies. They had to find a rear runaround to find another way to get that one on the books for us. But we didn't have somebody standing in the papal office going, oh yeah, I think we need to deal with the misinformation here while they were spreading all of their uh, rhetoric to get other forms of marriage in the law books, all right? That didn't happen. And in the same case with life, the sanctity of life, we haven't addressed the fact that there are so many lies that are being permeated out there about contraception, about abortion, about the, prince, the, the actual process. What does that look like? What is happening to the baby on the inside when this happens? What is happening to the women when they do this? There's all kinds of information that is straight up damning to the abortion, the pro-abortion, pro-baby killing narrative. And that information is suppressed, but you have all of these other supporting things, which are straight up lies that are propagated on a regular to kind of help prop up the abortion industry. But we never came out and tried to target get that misinformation. We never called on Facebook and Twitter to address those liars. No, we're just doing it now because we're in line and lockstep with the current narrative. And this guy, I'm just going to say it. I'm sorry. He's a bad pope. 
It's not the first time we've had that, and it's not the first time the church has failed us. Now, when I say that the church is failing, I don't mean to say that an authentic expression of genuine Christianity is any way bad, or that there aren't any, but I am saying that there is not enough authentic expression of genuine Christianity in the most popular leadership in the church right now. And so, this is nothing new. It's happened before, we've seen it before, and it's unfortunate, and it's sad, but we need to do something about it, all right? Joe Rogan's not the arbiter of truth. He knows that. The Pope's not the arbiter of truth. Hopefully he knows that. When, and I know plenty of Catholics who are going after this guy too. So awesome. Good job. The arbiter of truth, there's really only one. Jesus himself said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Truth with a capital T. There's only one arbiter. It is up to the rest of us to make sure that we are in lockstep with what he says. We don't get to decide what is true, what is not true, and we certainly don't get to act like these totalitarian, authoritarian, anti-free speech dictators who want to censor other people because their ideas just don't jive with what they want to be, what they want everybody to believe. You're not going to get to the truth if we're not allowed to have a conversation about it. At the end of the day, that's true, okay? And that's not how science is done, all right? You need to figure this out for yourself. Take some time, do some study, have some conversations. And then, of course, it's time for you to use your voice because they are trying to silence people. They're trying to snuff out voices. And it's another biblical principle, right? Speak out on the behalf of those who cannot speak on their own. And there are more and more people who are having their ability to communicate taken away from them. The public square is being denied them. And uh, we'll see how this goes in the long run. But uh, my appeal to you today is to use your voice to do some good, to speak out on the behalf of those who can't speak, to help raise awareness to the actual threat that we're facing right now, because it has never been a good thing. The end result of uh, silencing the masses and forcing a, a totalitarian dictate, one position, this is what's right, and everything else you say is wrong, 1984 type stuff, that has never been produced good results in the world and in our history. So I'm appealing to you to help confront that any way that you can. If you finish the podcast, I do want to thank you. I appreciate you. And I do hope that you will share it, as I mentioned. And I do hope, of course, that you will come back for more content in the future. Again, my name is Dave. This is Right All Week. And this is where we talk about what's right, how it's right, and why it matters. <laughs>